Welcome to The Rodcast with Rod Turner, the show all about real estate. We discuss everything that affects asset-backed businesses, investments, and go deep into the details with some of the best in the business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Rodcast. I'm very excited today. We have got our guest, who is an investor and advisor to Innovative startups with his main role being the co-founder and CEO of Guest Ready, a tech-driven accommodation brand focused on short-term rentals. So Alex Limpert, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Alex, obviously I've given a very brief introduction there. Do you want to give us a bit of background as to what led you to identifying the short-term rental sector as one that you wanted to be in and what you had done in the past to make you feel that this is a good opportunity for you? Sure, yeah. It, it's actually not the most obvious, I would say, because before starting Guest Ready, I was in the food delivery industry. I was country managing director for a company called Food Panda, which is similar to Deliveroo or Uber Eats. I was based in Asia back then. And these industries, short rentals, real estate, and then on the other hand, uh, food delivery, they're very different on the first side, but actually there are a lot of similarities. And what we figured out is that we could l- take some of these learnings that we had in food delivery and actually apply it to short rentals. And basically what happened is food delivery, we started off as not a delivery company in the first place. We started off more as a platform where people could order food from great restaurants and then we figured out pretty quickly that restaurants, these great restaurants, they cook amazing food, but they're not the best at delivering. And we had to go one step deeper in the value chain to actually take care of the delivery and make this experience better for the people that order the food and also the restaurants. And then we realized that if we want to do that, if we want to be successful in that, then actually we have to build the right technology to coordinate all these different processes between the riders, the restaurants, the people that ordered the food. And only with that technology, once we introduced it, it actually became very scalable. And we saw that short-term rentals were taking off everywhere globally, a really exciting industry, probably the most fascinating part of travel and hospitality. There was a lot happening, a lot of great companies that spun up, especially Airbnb, notably Airbnb, and also big players like Booking.com. But most of them, they were focused on the booking end of the value chain. And actually, as an owner, if you get involved in short-term rentals, I'm sure we're going to talk a bit more about this later. There are a whole lot of things that you have to keep in mind. It's relatively easy, actually, to get a booking if you're kind of tech-savvy and you can set up these platforms and the pricing and so on. But then once you get a booking, that's when actually the work starts and you have to prepare the property for the guests and so on. And we said it's it's very similar in this sense that actually uh, while this booking part is taken care of, what we need to work on is anything that comes after the booking and really make this scalable and actually build a player, technology-focused player that can take care of that for owners and make this experience for owners just much better, give them an end-to-end service, give them more income and complete peace of mind. And for guests, bring the best of a home together with the best of a hotel. And we've seen that too, that the guest experience, the guest expectations, they were evolving, they were professionalizing and, and lots of people were not happy anymore to say, let's say, 
to, to sleep on an air mattress on the floor the way how Airbnb started, but they wanted something that is a bit more similar to hotel. And we felt that we can bring this all together for the guests and the owners. So that's kind of how we started and why we got so excited about this industry and why we're still excited about this industry today. Brilliant. Alex, that's brilliant because we always hear about things like these cliches like Uber owns no restaurants, Airbnb owns no houses. So is this the same thing with Guest Ready or are you slightly different in maybe operating more of a supply chain than they would be? How would you describe yourself uh, compared to brands like them? Yeah, that's right. So we're also asset light compared to Airbnb and Uber. I think we're actually quite similar to them. But compared to Airbnb or Uber, we go one step deeper in the value chain where we take care of the end-to-end process versus Airbnb. They would basically just take the booking part. And I think that's what is a big advantage of us and a big plus for property owners and property investors to be working with Guest Ready. Yeah, because you don't only act as that platform, you also are able to manage other people's property and you're also able to offer the tech sort of skills and advantages that you have to existing landlords that maybe want to operate their own short-term rentals is that right yeah that's right so typically if you work with property owners with landlords then we would take care of the end-to-end value chain for them so they don't don't have to get involved we see that most owners actually prefer that most owners they're busy individuals they focus on investment and then the operations they'd rather leave to somebody else so we take care of that through our technology and through then partnering with other companies that take care of the cleaning and linen maintenance all these different parts of the value chain but we also have this technology suite that we developed for running all of this and this technology suite we're making available to other property managers out there that are typically smaller than us. They have a portfolio, a few dozen properties, maybe some of them have even a few hundreds, but they don't have their in-house technology and they rely on our technology rental ready to run their operations. Fantastic. I know as an investor, I certainly fall into that stereotype that you mentioned. Lazy (laughs) operational side, I think is probably the way uh, to talk about it. So look, you've probably got investors listening to this thinking, okay, they've heard a bit about short-term rentals and they think it's operationally heavy, but there might be more profit in it. If I can go to another company who's going to manage it, then brilliant, why don't I do that? But do all I'm guessing all properties don't all work well for short-term rentals. So what are properties that you feel do fit well with a short-term rental investment scheme? Yeah, that's a, such a good question and, and so important indeed, because sometimes we see property investors that invest in a property or lease a property long term and want to re-rent it short term, but it's just not the perfect fit. So it's very important to pick the right property. And I would say as in general with real estate, it's about location, location, location. And that's true, especially for properties in urban areas where those people that are visiting this urban area, the city, that they want to be in the city center. It's a bit different for typical vacation rentals where people just want to get outside somewhere. They want to be in the nature and so on. Even their location is important. But when it comes to cities, really, the property has to be well located. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. And then, of course, there are other things like, for example, the interior design, that it's very pleasing, that it's modern, that it fits the taste of the guest, or amenities that are sought after, like 
air conditioning, pool, gym, terrace, parking lot, super fast Wi-Fi, and so on. And obviously, some of these amenities would be hard to find in London when we talk about pool or so, but in other locations in Southern Europe or Dubai, for example, these amenities might be more commonplace and they're, they're very well sought after by guests. And in general, I would say smaller properties tend to offer a better yield on short-term lets than larger properties that are maybe more suited for longer-term ter- tenancies. I guess there's a fair amount of seasonality as well around some of those. Obviously, you mentioned kind of Southern Europe, Brits all want to get away for the summer. I imagine that's kind of the high season for, I don't know, very micro areas. We might think about Wimbledon in London for the tennis and things like that. Is that the case? Do you feel that if actually your location is close to something that's maybe seasonal or there's something around once or twice a year, is is that useful? Or is it really, because we're talking about yield and you're always going to compare it to what you would get on a standard tenancy, but people often forget that just because something performs really well for a month, will it perform how well will it perform for the other 11 months and over a year Mm. is that yield going to be comparable so how does that kind of factor in do you think i think that's uh, so true that you have to look at it on a yearly basis and there are these peaks and there are the lows and if it's great to catch the peaks but what are you going to do in the in the lows right when there's not that much demand so you have to have the right strategy and what we often see working pretty well is that for the peaks you can do short-term lets and then for the lower months uh, there would be medium-term lets for a few weeks a few months maybe half a year or longer so that's a good way to balance it but it doesn't work for all locations so that's something to keep in mind yeah, that's, I think you just made a really good point about kind of the different types of, I guess, clients, because when, I don't know, short term less started getting kind of big through companies like you mentioned, Airbnb, Booking.com, typically, in my mind, it was all about holidays, vacations, that kind of thing. But actually, now we're hearing more about kind of contractors moving around, maybe renting somewhere for a month or a few months at a time, things like that. I mean. Is that just because I didn't know the industry? Is the clientele of short-term rentals kind of changing? Is there a different clientele that maybe we typically we don't think about as investors? I do think it's a pretty diverse uh, clientele. And indeed, it's in the beginning was mostly holiday makers, but also people coming for events, for example. And uh, what we see now is that actually global mega trends as well are really fueling the demand for short and midterm rentals. When we think about working remotely, digital nomads, and so on. So these trends have been around also when we started Guest Ready and actually have inspired us to start Guest Ready because we find it very interesting how these trends are shaping the way how we live our lives. And our lives are only becoming more mobile, more flexible. People are moving around more off to different cities for job reasons or for other reasons. And when they start somewhere new, they're probably not going to find a very long-term tenancy from the get-go. So maybe they need something a bit more flexible in the beginning until they find a space to stay. Or they're moving around as contractors, as consultants that have projects somewhere and need something for a midterm duration. So these types of demands are indeed fueling our market. 
And kind of what do you see data then in your company to back up some of these trends? And are there any trends that are maybe surprising or we might find surprising that kind of that data shows? Yeah, when it comes to data, we we looked into this and actually by now about almost a fifth of all the stay all the days that we went out are for stays longer than a month. So it is backed up by data and we do see this trend. We do also see a better and better offering on platforms like Airbnb or Booking.com. It was not possible to rent more than four weeks until very recently. And now they're doing a trial and we're one of the first companies actually being part of this. And that's something that is obviously driven by demand that before I think it was much more long-term tenancies on the one side and then very short-term hotel stays on the other side. And what we see is just that it's becoming a whole spectrum where different accommodation types and different lengths of stays are all merging and it's becoming much less black and white and just becoming a spectrum. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly much bigger than I would have thought it would be. So yeah, very interesting. You mentioned before kind of different areas that you're working in different geographies. How does the industry of short-term stays differ across different countries, different markets? And what can the UK learn from maybe some of the other markets out there? Yeah, very good question. I would say obviously each market is different. You mentioned before already seasonality. The booking patterns are different. The reasons why people visit certain locations or certain countries are different. And one big difference is also regulation. I think that's what a lot of people are now thinking about, what a lot of government officials are also thinking about, how to actually regulate this nascent industry. What is clear is that short-term rentals are here to stay. It's a very clear demand and very clear benefits for both the guests and the owners as well in terms of for the guests, the flexibility that this offers and in terms for the owners that uh, they can rent their properties more flexible, monetize their assets. Maybe they're not in a position where they want to rent out long term because they want to use the property themselves sometimes. So there are all these benefits, but the question is how to regulate this industry. And what we generally see is that in other countries, this regulation is a bit further ahead. So mostly we see two approaches. One is more of a license approach and the other model is a more of a, an approach to limit the number of nights that can be rented short term. And that's what is actually in place in London or in, in a city like Paris. And the license approach we currently see in places like Spain, Portugal, UAE, And I think both can work, but what is important to note is that the regulation has to be reasonable, has to be still feasible to to run short-term rentals because sometimes it can be too strict and all the benefits of this nascent industry are lost. But obviously it's important to get a level of oversight, a level of transparency. And what works pretty well for this is actually a registration scheme. So in most of our markets, all of our properties have registration numbers. So the government gets the data, they get the insight. It's not just the Wild West where everybody's doing what they want. They have the insight and they get data and they can levy taxes and so on. And I think that's worked pretty well. But what we would be obviously careful about is to say we have to over regulate this industry and and i think that's a tendency that it's very hard to find the right balance there yeah and i think especially in places like the uk 
where you've got different regions that maybe some regions might need it because they're tourist hotspots and things like that. Or you might have other regions that actually need the longer term kind of rental options more so. It's difficult to put blanket rules over one country when there's so many differentials between different areas and actually what they need. So I'll be interested to see what happens there from the UK. Is there anything that you would advise um, if you were in government? What would you like to see happen? I would suggest to start with a step-by-step approach, getting a registration scheme in place first, just to make sure that the data is there, that the government understands, actually has that transparency, has that insight. And then based on that, actually then devise further action and think about maybe if there needs to be some restrictions of the number of days that we can be rented, or if there needs to be some sort of licensing scheme where a certain requirement needs to be met to get a short-term rental license. And I would take such a step-by-step approach. I think that results in a good outcome and good insights for the government. Sounds very sensible to me. So we've talked about the industry a bit. I want to kind of talk about your company now. It hasn't been going for a huge amount of time, but it's had some pretty exceptional growth. How do you measure a short-term rental company's performance? Is it typically how many rents are being collected on the platform or by you? What are some metrics that you like to see or you like to measure on a regular basis to ensure the company's moving in the right direction? Yeah, very good question. And obviously, we're a data-driven company. We're a tech-driven company. So we measure a lot of data. The portfolio itself is an important metric for us. We have now 5,500 units that are run on our platform. About 3,500 are run directly on behalf of landlords by us, coordinating all the different aspects for them. And then about 2,000 are running by third-party property managers that use our software. Uh, So that's an important metric for us, that portfolio growth, I would say occupancy, achieving that occupancy for owners so that they get also the income. Average daily rate is important. You can have very great occupancy if you set very low prices. Um, So getting this pricing mechanism right is very important. And that in the end maximizes the yield for owners. And that's something that we care about, that we get them good income. And then obviously also customer satisfaction that is very important for us and that we are very much on top of too. So these are some of the metrics that we track. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to talk to you quickly about a sponsor of ours called Signature Property Finance. They are a bridging loan provider based in Solihull, Birmingham. The company also has regional offices in Cardiff and Edinburgh, which enable them to serve clients across the whole of England, Wales and Scotland. They were established in 2012 and Signature have two primary funding lines, private equity and a traditional debt facility via a high street bank. So what is it they fund and how can they help you? Well, Signature will lend against both residential and commercial property on a standard bridge with a maximum loan to value of 70% and 60% respectively for a term of between six and 18 months. They offer both a light and heavy refurbishment product again for a term of up to 18 months. Light refurbishment amounts to anything non-structural in nature, whereas anything involving structural changes requires a heavy refurbishment product. 
they will lend up to 75% of the lower of the purchase price or day one open market value. Signature also lend development finance up to a maximum loan of 5 million and for up to 15 units. The loan terms are up to 24 months and cover residential or mixed-use developments and they will lend up to the lower of 65% of the GDV or 80% of total costs. So why would you use them? Well, in, other, in the words of CEO Tony Gilbertson, Signature do what they say they're going to do. Provided the information given by the customer and or the broker on day one is accurate, the terms issued on day one will be the same terms that the customer draws down on. So if you've got any property finance requirements, please contact Tony Gilbertson at Tony, T-O-N-Y, at signaturepropertyfinance.co.uk. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes. And for a limited time only, they are doing a special offer for all Rodcast listeners. If you look to get finance with them and mention the Rodcast, you will get free legals for a limited time only. Yes, that's right. That's free legals for a limited time only. Just mention the Rodcast. They really are a fantastic company that do what they say they're going to do and act quickly. Back to the show. And what features have been the most valuable for hosts that use your software? Or are there any features that they wish they had? Yeah, we invest a lot in the software. And as I mentioned before, for owners, it's what do they care mostly about? I guess they care mostly about the income and also about making sure that their property is in good hands and that they have a level of transparency and insight into how their property is performing. And I think that's what our software allows us to do. So on the income side, it's really the biggest lever, I would say, is on pricing. And there we have a in-house pricing algorithm that works similar to how hotels or airlines manage their prices. Every day, every property has a different price. So it's not like how it used to be back in the days that vacation rentals, they would have an off-season price, an in-season price, and maybe a shoulder season price. We have a different price for every single day, and we're updating these prices a daily basis. So actually, I've just checked with our CTO and on a daily basis, we're pricing several million pricing updates per day, actually. So on an annual basis, we would be more doing more than 1 billion pricing updates. And, and that's very important and allows us to achieve good income for, for owners. The other aspect is distribution across different platforms. So we list on guestready.com where guests can book and where we get a good amount of bookings now directly, but we also distribute on third-party platforms like Airbnb or booking.com or VRBO, Expedia, and so on. And again, being on all of these different platforms, including also some dedicated midterm rental platforms that do monthly rentals, um, that allows us, again, to get the most, best exposure for our owners and the best income. And when it comes to transparency, I mentioned that's also very important for owners, especially when it comes to finances. So they have an app, actually a mobile app and also a web app where they can log in, where they can see exactly how their property is doing, what kind of stays they have coming up, how the calendar is shaping up in terms of occupancy, in terms of the prices that we're setting. So all of this information is at their fingertips. 
and they have full transparency. I think that's something that is very important for their peace of mind because sometimes smaller competitors that maybe don't have such good technology, they they're really lacking there on this on this transparency. And then the third aspect, uh, taking good care of their property for many owners. Their properties are their one of their biggest assets or their biggest assets that they invested in. So it's important that we take good care of it. And we have a whole management suite of software management suite that allows us to manage all the stays, manage maintenance, being on top of what is happening in the property and, and taking good care of the property. So that's those are the aspects that I would say are the most helpful for hosts. And I guess what would be what they're looking for to get more of, I guess. The basics are there, but we know that we can always still improve this technology. And that's why we have a team of about 25 people working on our technology on a daily basis to improve it and make it even better. Fantastic. So you've obviously scaled this business now, and I'm going to use one of the metrics, which is rent collected through the platform up to about $400 million, I think it's got up to. What have been the biggest challenges in scaling that business? Yeah, I think one challenge is to scale quickly, but still keep that quality of the operation and keep the service quality high. That's something that is is something that is always top of mind of us. And we'd rather scale a bit less quickly and keep good quality operations than really scale as fast as possible and go full steam, but don't deliver the good service that our guests and our owners prefer and deserve so that's that's something that's important for us and requires some balancing and i think we could have grown even faster but we chose to focus on the service quality and then scaling the team this is still a while we're a technology company and a technology business it's also a people business and we at the beginning when you're just a few people a few dozen people you kind of know what everybody is doing what everybody's strength is and how they where they need support and once you're getting into the hundreds of people you're losing that oversight and it's really important to have the right processes in place the right trainings that starts from hiring to onboarding to training the team members and especially when team members step up into roles of managers and they are the ones that then other people look up to it's really important that they're great managers and that's something that we realized when we scaled up that this is super important and that's something that we have to pay a lot of attention to. So over the last year and a half or, or so, we put a lot more systems, more processes, more training in place to, to scale up the team in the right way. Fantastic. The, the lessons I've just got from that processes and systems, monitoring performance and quality levels and also keeping the culture whilst growing. That's very important. Yeah, the culture, the culture is also so important. And in the beginnings, it just happens naturally. And over time, I think it's really important to make sure that this culture is mostly also lived by senior people in the business, because that's the people that everybody's looking towards. And it's really important that we can make sure this culture is also not just in one location, but across different locations, because we're in so many different cities with team members in many different locations. And we want to make sure that we have the same culture everywhere. So, yeah, these are all important aspects to yeah. keep in mind when scaling a business. And not easy, unfortunately. <laughs> You're right. So what's one lesson that you've learned that you wish you'd known when you'd started Guess ready. 
I would say that on one side, this business is obviously very global. On the booking side, we have guests coming from every corner of the world. These platforms, the booking process works the same everywhere. The pricing works the same everywhere. This technology is highly scalable and it's very global. But on the other side, we're actually dealing with very local aspects of the business, the physical real estate, the local regulations, the local owners. And that's something that I realized only over time, how important it is to have this right local approach. And that is something that in the beginning, we started actually in a few countries, six countries at the same time. And it was very hard to do this because we were just a very small team. I was alone in London, actually, onboarding the first couple of properties. And then in each city, we just had one person. And it was definitely not the easy way to start the business. And I would say in the beginning, it was a competitive disadvantage. And I'm not sure if I would do this again, probably not. But at the same time, since we're now in a phase where we are well-established, where we have sizable country teams where we have great local knowledge it now has become our strongest competitive advantage but it was a tough road to go there and i think in that in hindsight i would probably focus a bit more geographically still make sure that we keep in mind these geographical differences because that's the advantage that we have now that we build a system that scales across different locations we're doing great in the uk but we're equally doing well in places like portugal spain UAE, France, very successful business there. So it is great, but I think it came at a cost. And especially in the beginning, it was very tough. So maybe I would take it a bit easier in terms of geographic in the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it is to get that local knowledge whilst trying to not just do, even in the UK, you've got different cities, but even within one city, you've got such local knowledge around that one city. So going across kind of six countries where you started out must have been incredibly difficult. What operational challenges do you think are typical for new entrants into the short-term rental space? And if you were going to start from scratch, how would you try to address those head on? Yeah, I think there are a few of them. This is a challenging business and one thing that often gets underestimated is the 24-7 nature of the business guests they just uh, don't care about business hours uh, and they want to support when they need it and I think that's fair and that's absolutely required so for us we have now built a 24-7 team and this 24-7 guest support team is actually also available to other property managers that use our software. So it's a big advantage. And we see that as soon as there's a certain level, a certain size reached, it's very beneficial, almost needed to have a 24-7 team and there are different ways to get it. But some players are trying to build it in-house. It's quite hard. It took us quite a few years to get it right. We're still always improving as well. But I think that's something that is to definitely to keep in mind when starting this business. I would say the pace also of the business. When we compare to long-term tenant, long long-term tenancies, it's probably okay to fix a maintenance issue in a few days. In our industry, you have to fix it in a few hours. So that that is also quite surprising to people that are coming more from the long-term tenancy world where you have a new tenant every year and in our industry you have a new tenant or a new guest every couple of days and the reactivity just has to be on a completely different level 
So actually, these are reasons why often owners say, hey, actually, it's better to just partner with somebody that does this professionally. Uh, let me work with GuestReady. They have a couple of years of experience in this and have proven themselves. So why reinventing the wheel myself and building this whole infrastructure when I can just tap into the resources of, of somebody that has built this already? The idea of me managing my own short-term rental terrifies me. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, just partner with guest ready. <laughs> I just can't imagine why anyone would want to do it unless they're starting at scale and already have that economies of scale and doing sort of, I don't know, X amount of units all at once mm. in the same location. Like you say, maintenance that it needs to be needs to be done now. Even finding someone to fix something in two days is difficult. So yeah, gosh. Um, so what do you see as the biggest risks to the short-term rental industry? And what can operators like yourselves, what should they be doing to mitigate those? I think the biggest risk is customer satisfaction and keeping it high. I think there are a tremendous amount of reasons why this industry has seen such a great demand and we're offering such a unique product to people that they really enjoy it's really unique inventory i think a lot of the reasons why why people like short-term rentals is that the inventory is, is is more unique it's more local you get more this local feeling of actually being in a different city and actually living there and not just staying in a cookie cutter hotel where every room everywhere globally looks exactly the same and you just don't even get this feeling of being somewhere different so and then you've got more space and you can work from somewhere different you can be with your family you have a space to 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 share a meal to cook and so on all these different benefits but i feel uh, we still have to up our game and you know just consistently deliver a great experience that is comparable to hotels when it comes to that consistency of service and i think that's something that the whole industry is continuously improving on. And if we get this right, then I think there is no limits to, to what we're doing. And a second risk, and we talked a bit about this already, is regulation. And I just hope that industry gets regulated in a meaningful way, in a balanced way, in a sensible way, rather than over-regulating. And I think in most countries, the governments have understood this and have understood clearly all the benefits that the industry brings. And yeah, I'm confident that this is also on the right track. Fantastic. Last question now, which I try to ask everyone. What is the kindest thing someone has ever done for you in business? Wow, that's a very interesting question. Let me think about it for a moment. <laughs> always a tough one. To <laughs> All right. So an anecdote comes to mind from the very early days of starting Guest Ready and it was this moment where I was running all the properties and I think we only had three of them. I was running everything myself, doing the guest communication, doing the cleaning, the linen, all of it. And we had one big house that joined the portfolio, brand, uh, brand new house, but actually the house itself wasn't very brand new inside. It was family that lived there for about 10 years and it really needed good deep cleaning before the guest would arrive and it was a Saturday the guests would arrive on a Sunday and this house was ready for being deep cleaned and I organized a cleaning company to come in and, and help me with them in the morning on the Saturday and they canceled on me and um, my face must have looked very sad 
but yeah, my partner and uh, now wife, she said, look, I'm going to help you. And then we basically cleaned this house for the whole day. So this was the kind of thing probably that somebody did during this time. And I still have kind of uh, sentimental memories of that one day. And right. in hindsight, obviously, I laugh about it. And it was a, a funny weekend. Uh, back then, it wasn't so funny. But now looking back, it was indeed very funny. Brilliant. Well, just shows mm. that you both had the passion for what is now an, an amazing business. So well done. Yeah, that's that's right. And it shows us these kind of stories show me how far we've come and, and what great journeys it's been that we've been on. Absolutely. Yeah, incredible stuff. So if we have property investors or even property managers that manage short term portfolios, how can they get in contact with you or Guest Ready? Where is the best place for them to find out more? I would say just check out guestready.com. There is a lot of information about our services, about how we can partner together for managing your property. And if you're a property manager or somebody that manages their own portfolio looking for a state-of-the-art technology, then check out rentalready.io that uh, software that we use internally and that we also now give to external property managers to empower their business. Fantastic. And I'll make sure the links to both of those are in the show notes for anyone who's interested. I certainly am interested now and my brain's kind of ticking around some of the properties in our portfolio that maybe would, would be a bit more beneficial being short-term rentals under under someone like yourselves management. But yeah, really, really interesting discussion. And thanks so much for giving up the time today. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Rod. It was a big pleasure.